Welcome in, everyone. Final Score Podcast presented by PFP, Players Fitness and Performance here in Frederick. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. And in just a couple of minutes, I'll be uh, pleased to welcome on uh, Rob Healy, the uh, head coach of the undefeated Oakdale girls basketball team. Uh, Bears playing really well, uh, doing it with their with their defense. And uh, and we'll talk to Rob about uh, the, their season in general, his career, uh, why he enjoys coaching so much, and uh, his outlook as is, is, is the playoffs approach. So look forward to having Rob on in a few minutes. Uh, but joining me now in studio is uh, FNP sports writer John Cannon. And John, you've seen Oakdale a couple times, and and their their defense is truly their their foundation. I, I think uh, uh, in their 15 games, I think 13 of them they've held their opponent to um, to 42 points or less. So so what strikes you about the way Oakdale plays defense? It's just relentless, and uh, they're all athletic. I mean, you get a lot of them like a like a Sam Foster type of players, a soccer player. They get some lacrosse players. They're fast. They're uh, relentless well coached and they just keep coming at you and they uh they uh they frazzle teams you know they uh, uh much like frederick as well but uh i, I, I will say this as good as oakdale is very very good but frederick even more so but uh oakdale that's their calling card is is uh their defense do, do they win differently than than you see most girls basketball teams win or that you've seen most girls basketball teams in this area uh, I, i've seen them win uh they just pull games out i've seen them twice this year where they uh you know they just they get that that crucial play at the crucial time even on offense you know they uh and, and the stops of course are always there so when i get you know they st- if a game's close at the end they're confident that they can get that stop at the crucial time and that yeah, makes a difference a lot of times and uh, Bri- brianna walker's back with them uh, she, uh, she was at oakdale went, went to middletown and um and uh came back to oakdale this year and by all accounts uh, it seems like she's fit right back in with the team the team's welcomed her back and and, and she's been an important uh, player for them all season yeah she's one of those players that does a lot of things really well um, she can nail threes. She can drive. Uh, she gets steals. Grab rebounds. Make nice passes. Does yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, very versatile. Yeah, but at the end of the week they have a game with Middletown uh, coming up. It should be a good game. Middletown's playing really well with uh, Sailor Poffenbarger and and, and and several players on their team. Uh, it was a one point game uh, uh, the first time they played. Uh, Oakdale uh, pulled it out on, on, on a late hoop there. And, and, and like you say, they find ways to pull games out. Well, you see Middletown a couple times right. too. What, what, what sort of do you expect in that game? Well, of course, they're going to try to uh, – with Sailor, they're going to double-team her, maybe even triple-team her. And she'll still get her points because she's extremely good. But <laughs> they'll keep her pro- – their defense probably is capable of keeping her from going crazy. So they're going to need – Middletown will need other people to score. Um, they got that the other night against Walkersville. Um, at crucial times, they had players uh, come up and, and step up big for them. Melanie Pick was one of them, um, and uh, Megan Shipley was another. They're going to need that uh, if they're going to pull this out for the most part because otherwise uh, Oakdale's defense is just going to – they'll find a way to keep Saylor from scoring 30. You know, if, if they hold her to 24 and nobody else scores for Middletown, they're going to probably come out on the short end. Regardless of what happens in the regular season, the 2A West for girls basketball should be pretty interesting. I mean, because you have Walkersville uh, is, is in the mix too, and Walkersville played played Frederick uh, uh, pretty tough mm-hmm. uh, in, in a game last week. So so those three teams just in this area alone, with uh, and you, you don't know what you're going to get from Washington or, or even a Carroll County or team. Poolsville, uh, 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 a traditionally strong program. Yeah. So that 2A West should be interesting with, with Middletown, Walkersville, and Oakdale yeah. uh, in there. And Oakdale's on the other side of the bracket. They're in the other section. I One is section one, one is section two. So Middletown and Walkersville are in the same section. So, I mean, the odds are, I think, high that they play each other at some point. And that's probably the difference maker in that section. 
Oakdale's in with a lot of the Carroll County teams. I got to think they have a good chance at getting through. So you theoretically could have Oakdale versus Middletown slash Walkersville in a regional championship, and that that'd be an interesting game. Yeah. Uh, switching switching gears here, uh, we, uh, Frederick County for the first time since 1977 has a player actually in the Super Bowl. It's it, it's Rob uh, Havenstein, big Rob of of Ligonier High School fame. Uh, just what's your take on on this area ha- having a player actually in the Super Bowl? Right after we had one in the national championship game, <laughs> right? Yeah, with, with Justin <laughs> Fossinelli too, right? Yeah. Well, you remember that 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 t- he was in that 2009 season. Remember, remember all the studs we had in football then, including on that Ligonier team. I mean, he was the yeah. best of the best, but I mean, he had all these other D1 athletes that year, and um, unfortunately, some of the Zwinak, the Ryan Dixons. Yeah. Uh, Nick Forbes, I think. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Forbes, um, right? Yep. So yeah, who, who went to California, right? That really good run of athletes, and now you know here. I, I'm not going to say it's not surprising, but I mean it's not surprising that some of them went on to to play at the next level, the Super Bowl. That's a and being a starter on a Super Bowl team. That's a. That's, that's something I've never experienced. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about that 09 Lincoln team a lot. I think they were nationally ranked. Uh, I think they were one of the 25 best teams in the country, according to USA Today. One of the best teams uh, to play in this area, obviously. And and uh, Havenstein, I, th- I think his record was like 36-3 and three, uh, mm-hmm. is, once they moved him up is is a sophomore left tackle and he he just was so big and but 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 it's more than the size of athletic. him though it's, it's athletic Remember basketball he, he was a, he was a good basketball right. player yeah I mean, he he, for, he moved his feet i mean he i i was always amazed at how well he moved uh, on, on the basketball court uh rick connor gave me an anecdote uh, this week he had told it to me before but he did a mile run his senior year at Ligonor in under eight minutes right, right. so for a guy that weighs 340 pounds doing a doing a uh, sub eight minute mile is is pretty good. So it, it, so yes, you could look at him and say he's big, but it was more than that. I mean, mm-hmm. he worked hard, he was diligent, and uh, he just had the the athleticism. Uh, came from a great family too. His sister was a oh, fantastic yeah. player at yeah. uh, Ligonier. His brother Basically. Jeff, mm-hmm. brother Jeff played uh, basketball Division One basketball at Longwood. So mm-hmm. um, so just a great family, and it'll it'll be cool uh, cool to see uh, big big Rob in, in in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, how interested are you in the Super Bowl? I well, mean, but, are, are you are you glued to it? Or, uh, yeah, 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 I always, yeah, definitely. And of course, you know, I, I don't hate the Patriots, but I'd rather even if we didn't have a Frederick County guy playing in there, you want to see somebody else besides the Patriots win. So it'd be yeah, it'd be nice to see uh, nice to see the Rams pull it out. And do you watch for the commercials too? Does that intrigue you at all, or are you just just in it for the game? <laughs> just the game, usually. I mean. <laughs> I, I think this, this commercials now are geared more toward people a lot younger than me. Right, <laughs> I'm getting a little uh, too old. They're uh, like going over my gray head. Right, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're all we're all getting up there uh, uh, pretty fast. So, mm-hmm. so hey, John, I uh, appreciate you coming on. And uh, when we come back, we will talk to uh, Rob Healy and, and talk about his uh, strong season so far with the Oakdale Girls basketball team. Stay with us here on the Final Score. Why do I train? Why do I train? I train to jump higher. I train because I have something to prove. Be faster. And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission. Nothing to me is impossible. I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. 
All right, we are back here on the final score, and the head coach of the Oakdale girls basketball team, the unbeaten Oakdale girls basketball team, I should point out, is Rob Healy, and uh, and Rob uh, is in studio with me, and it's it's great to have you on. How how are you, man? I'm doing well, thank you, Greg. It's great to be here. Big fan of the show, so it's nice to be here live. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad that you tune in every week, <laughs> yes. and 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 and, ho- and hopefully a lot of people do too. Um, so you're 15 and 0, uh, 13 and 0 in in the CMC uh, Gambrel, right? Well, the conference we're 13 and 0. The Gambrel, as far as the division, I'm not sure how that breaks oh, down. T- so. 10 and 0 in the Gambrel. 10 and 0 in the Gambrel. Okay, 13, so. 13 and 0 in in, in, in the uh, CMC. So correct. Why, why are you guys playing so well? What do you like the most about your team so far? We've got some a competitive group of girls, uh, 13 junior seniors. So. They're experienced. Um, they've been successful in middle school. They're successful as a JV team. Um, they've had great coaches along the way. And they just like to come out and compete. Um, being healthy, I think, is a huge part every year. Some years, you know, we've had some tough luck with some injuries. Um, but it, definitely having everybody available, they just get after it every day. Got great attitudes about it. Um, it we're just, I'm blessed to be, to be the coach, uh, you know, to help coach them. And really just a competitive fire. Your team is really built on defense. I yeah. mean, uh, 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 the Oakdale girls have held um, 13 out of the last 15 opponents to 42 points or less, or 13 of the 15 opponents you guys Correct. have played to 42 points or less. Like, what is it about these girls that allow them to lock in defensively? I mean, because defense is an effort thing. It's a toughness thing. Well, why do your girls uh, have Absolutely, it? and they have all those characteristics. They work well together. They listen with what we're trying to teach. Um, We've found different ways to win some games this year with some different defenses. And, you know, the, like you said, nothing you said was about being a great basketball player. It's all just effort, toughness, just getting after it and just the level, the level of effort that you need to do it. And they, they provide that every game. You know, there's nights your shots won't fall, but every night you play defense, you give yourself a chance to win. Yeah, you don't have to have the most talent, do you? No, you don't. Um, you just got to play, play hard. And I told them beginning of the year, there's two things this year for us to be successful. Will you play as hard as you need to play? And will we have the team chemistry and sacrifice to work well together? Because we've got a talented group. I've been preaching sacrifice to them from day one because some of these girls could start for other teams. They're not starting for our team. And some of these girls could play 28 out of 32 minutes. They're not playing 28 minutes. They might play 22, 20 minutes. Everybody's sacrificing something this year. They've all bought into it. Um, You know, when you go to practice every day working against kids that are just as good as you are, it definitely makes you better. You have to rise up. So... It, it just helps every day to keep getting us better. What would you say is the personality of the team? How how would you describe this team as a, as a, as a group? <laughs> well, you see them sometimes before a game. I'm wondering, like, are they ready to go? Because they're a little bit loosey-goosey. They got some good dancers. Um, they, they like to enjoy each other, have a good time, make each other laugh. S- singing songs and stuff well, like I don't, that? They don't, I don't know if they sing so well, but they, they, they got some dance moves I've never seen. So uh, they have a good time. They're laughing with each other. So they keep it loose as far as that. They're never really too tight. They, they like to have fun. But I'm telling you, man, if it's Monopoly or, or marbles or ping pong or basketball, they're going to compete. They, they want to win the game. Uh, so I think that's just the best thing is that they're competitive. That's the one trade I keep coming back to. Yeah, you have a couple wins uh, over uh, Walkersville so far, a, a very good team in correct. your region, uh, the, the Class 2A West. Yeah, I think you've beaten Ligonor a couple times already. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, One-point win over Middletown. What would you learn from that game? Because Middletown's with Sailor, Poff, and Barger. That's the oh, team yeah. you're like, likely going to see in the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see how the sections break down um, for the playoffs there. But uh, Middletown's a tough tough out, and a lot of teams we've played this year. I know Smithsburg was a tough one for us as well. Um, that Middletown game, I would say that we learned to – 
we've got to finish games. Um, sometimes when we're, you know, that, that game we had about a seven-point lead with maybe a minute to go, and give them credit, they didn't quit. They, they fought back and cut it to one, you know. So uh, we learned that we've got to finish a little bit better in that game. And I think that we also learned a few things defensively because, you know, the final score being 60-59, to 59, we don't like to give up 59 in a game. And so we're not going to always score 60 in a game either, but we've got to learn how to defensively tighten some things up as well. But doesn't that show your toughness too and your resiliency to, to pull out a win like that, a, a one-point win? I mean, you, you show you're capable of winning a close game. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely believe in the girls every game we go in that we've got a chance to win the game no matter who it is that we're going to play. Um, talk, talking about the resiliency of this group, that very next night, after winning a big game like that, we went on the road to Smithsburg, an hour bus drive, going to their place. We get down like nine in the first half. We came back and won that game by two with 20 seconds left. I mean, that was a trap game, if there ever was a trap game schedule-wise, right? And I was, I was really proud of those kids to overcome a night where nothing was going right. But somehow, I still don't even know the exact answer of how we won the game. We just scored more points somehow, so right. we got lucky there. What, what, what do you enjoy the most about coaching such a tough and gritty group? You know, there's no – if you have to coach effort, it makes your job a lot harder. And I don't have to worry about coaching effort. I know that they're going to bring it every night. I can worry about the fun part of the coaching. I don't have to worry about coaching the effort every night. So I really do enjoy that. Yeah, your leading scorer is uh, Brianna Walker, uh, almost, um, averaging almost uh, 12 points a game. Yeah, and she could she could score more. It's one of those things she's sacrificing for the team sometimes. You know, it might be a game where she doesn't play much second half or – you know, she'll pass up shots to get a kid a better shot. You know, she, she's got a great IQ. But she's also giving you seven rebounds a game, almost Absolutely. three assists. So she's a very well-rounded player. Absolutely. Uh, she was with you. Uh, she went to Middletown. Now she's back. So yeah. so has, has that been difficult, sort of assimilating Bree back into the mix here? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, it's been the best scenario it could be, I think, for her and for the girls. They've loved her up. She's a great teammate. Um, no issue. She's fantastic. And – She's, you know what, I think that she's going to maybe get into physical education, maybe some coaching when she's older. Some team's going to be lucky one day to have her and call her a coach because she's got a great basketball IQ. Some other some other good players on the team, uh, Tiana Jackson, uh, almost eight points a game. Uh, she's she's giving you good numbers too, uh, five, six rebounds a game almost, uh, th yeah. three assists. Uh, uh, Sam Foster, just, just a great – athlete i yeah. mean you, you see that in the fall on the soccer yep. field and, and and everyone's always told me well like wait till you see her on the basketball Correct. court yeah yeah, yeah. She, we she, missed she, her she, last year so uh, uh, she yeah because she was she was out with an injury right. so just these, these other players that uh, tell, tell us about that uh, tiana and, yeah and, yeah and, so and sam oh let me tell you about all of them because like i said they compete yeah. every day uh tiana you know she had a game there against walkersville the second time here we played them where it was tied in fourth quarter and she hit back-to-back -back threes i'm so proud of her for coming through in those moments She's accepted her role of just doing whatever's needed for our team. Um, sometimes we ask her to bring the ball up the floor. Sometimes it's guard the, guard the opponent's best player. Um, she'll fill up the stat sheet all over the place. Her her and, and Brianna are great at getting steals on defense. They're probably going to both try and set some records this year with steals defensively for us. Um, you mentioned Sam Foster. Sam can do everything. She can play one through five. There were times where, you know, I know in the offseason she was, like, working as a point guard. There's been games now where she's playing the five for us. So, she can play everywhere, up and down the lineup. And you have some great uh, role players too. Uh, Aubrey Austin, uh, six uh, uh, six points a game, uh, two rebounds a game. Uh, uh, Sam uh, Hardesty, uh, uh, she, she's giving you seven rebounds a game. Right. Uh, uh, Zoe Stars, uh, uh, passing well. I mm -hmm. mean, she's giving you three assists a game. So, so, so you have great players filling in behind uh, your top players yeah too. absolutely zoe's doing done a great job as a point guard for us she is a kid that the girls 
they respect her so much because every day in practice she brings it. You know what you're getting with Zoe every single day. They've said multiple times, like, man, Zoe makes you better in practice because she guards you so hard. Uh, so she's doing a great job, and you know I know she's got a lot of assists for us this year. Aubrey Austin is one who's sacrificing some shots because she's a great shooter. She doesn't get as many shots as I know that she probably wants, but just this last game here, she hit four threes in the first half against Ligonor, just on fire, and then you know she didn't really get shoot much in the second half. So uh, she's a great shooter, can score the ball for us. You know, you mentioned Sammy Hardesty. Sammy's our tallest kid on the team, so often she's guarding the opponent's biggest player just battling inside. She is athletic as can be for like a 5'10", 5'11 kid. She can run. She jumps. She's getting a lot better. Sophomore year last year, she was the first – well, how do I phrase this? She made second team and got the most votes for second team So as a sophomore. So now as a junior, she's just growing her game even more. So we're really excited about what she can give us. Um, we've got girls like Nikki Etcheson coming off the bench, doing a great job giving us minutes. Grace Carey battles inside, even though you know she's not a big post player. Taylor Hardesty – We've got, you know, Lily Austin, Alyssa Wright battling. We've got um, Rachel Horning, who's got a great shot. You know, these are kids that are all sacrificing minutes. Then we've got a senior captain also is uh, Riley Shui, who started as a sophomore, started majority games as a junior. He's only started one or two games this year for us. She's been sacrificing as well, a lot of playing time and, and stuff. But we know that we can count on all these kids any time that they're called upon. When did you know this group was going to be good? I would say in the summer – fall it would just sort of see them coming together a little bit um we knew that we were going to have some tough decisions at tryouts we knew that we were going to have a competitive team and if you would ask me you know november 20th or after tryouts i'd say listen you keep us healthy i think we've got a chance to be a competitive team okay so so, so, so you knew i knew that we would i know we'd you know how many wins or losses but i knew that we would have a good team if you're going to beat us you're gonna have to probably play pretty well right what 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 got you into coaching um, basketball? So, grew up in Pennsylvania, um, near Altoona. If anybody's familiar with where that's yeah, at, yeah, right. So so uh, east of Pittsburgh, west of uh, west of Harrisburg. Well, yeah, basically middle of the state, forty minutes south of like State College area. Okay. So, uh, grew up there. Um, was fortunate where I grew up that I had a neighborhood where there's about twelve guys all my age. So no matter what season it was, we were outside playing that sport. You know, we'd shovel snow to play basketball outside. We'd play with football in the winter, or I'm sorry, in the summer, you know, just playing whatever. And it just so happened as the years went on, it seemed like my house was central location. Everybody came to my house, and I was always the one organizing teams. So then, you know, just started to grow like that. Um, high school, I actually helped coach some youth teams. And then in college, I had an opportunity at Slippery Rock where I was at I uh, didn't play basketball there, but the girls' basketball coach at Slippery Rock High School is right across the street. Had a connection to him. He asked me to volunteer and help out. Started coaching with him. Sort of took over the JV team for like one season. I realized what an impact a coach can have in these games at, at that level. And so I just started to enjoy that, enjoyed my time there. Um, helped out with boys for a ninth grade team head coach one year up there and then got a job down here in Maryland. Got connected to Coach Crevos here at Urbana when he was coaching. Fortunate enough to help him out for many years. And just fell in love with the game and coaching it and just the impact that a coach can have. Right. Did you play back? I mean, you played I, with I played, your friends. I, I played. I mean, you, you're, you're yeah. a short guy like me, Rob. Correct. So, so, I know. So that doesn't lend itself <laughs> to the sport. Of ba- as much as I love basketball and I love playing basketball, right. I, I knew that my future playing the sport was obviously go- going to be limited. So. Yes. No, I enjoyed my uh, limited time growing up playing as much as I could. 
we'll still play the old man games Friday mornings now. But oh, okay. Yeah. So you still, so you still get out there. Still get so. out a little bit, but uh, you know, like you said, we're a little bit limited what we can do. Right. We could shoot um, from <laughs> yeah. uh, from the outside if someone if someone gives us an open look. But but, <laughs> right. but, 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 but beyond that, so did, did you ever think you were going to be a coach? Was that even on your radar, or, or when, when did that sort of enter your head? Did so you, at at Slippery Rock, I went there for a major called sport management. Okay. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And wasn't really sure what all it entailed. My very first class there, it was a lot of who you knew, not what you knew. And I realized, I was like, I don't know if I want to like sell tickets for the Pirates to start out of college. You know, am I getting a degree to do that? So I was like, well, let me switch to health and phys ed and be a teacher and allow me maybe to coach, you know, that. So it just sort of all happened at the same time with switching to teaching and then also was then coaching at at that time in college as well. So And, and what, what subject do you teach? I'm an elementary PE teacher. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you're all about keeping kids, so it's like in your blood. I yeah, mean, I, I, I was fortunate at Slippery Rock. It's a great uh, phys ed school. Um, they'll, they'll say they're ranked really high for PE and everything, and, and there were some hard classes to weed out the kids that weren't serious about it. Um, but they do. They, they teach you a lot of things, not only for the teaching aspect, but obviously it translates to coaching because coaching, you could say, is also teaching. It's just you know your classroom is the gymnasium for practice. Right, yeah. I mean, it's your job to educate the kids, get the kids fired up about about staying fit and stuff like that. So, so I'm sure the the jobs go um, hand in hand. Correct. So, so you were a natural for it. So, growing up in Altoona was the Penn State sports. Absolutely. Did, did, did they dominate your life? Oh, or? it was it was disowned if you weren't a Penn State fan. Right. It's funny though because you're a basketball coach and Penn State's basketball program has really not been <laughs> not, 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 not been that great. So, right. so it's hard to be a basketball fan in Central PA, is it not? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, there's enough basketball around where there's a small school like St. Francis is up near there, so they had a few runs. You know, it was like a 16 seed or whatever. You know, you just enjoy watching them. Um, I, I was a Spurs fan with Tim Duncan for a long time, okay. obviously. So I don't. You know, there's no pro team in Pittsburgh, so right. Uh, never got in the 76ers, but I, I really liked Tim Duncan, the way he played. So I followed him with the Spurs and then I fell in love with Popovich and what he does there. So just started following them. Do, do you pattern your coaching after what Popovich does? I mean, I mean, no. you, you draw, I mean, do you draw, I mean, obviously it, it, it's two different worlds that you're coaching right. in, but, but do you pull things from him and borrow things from him or things you've seen from him? Greg, the truth is I borrow stuff from everybody. Yeah. If I, I always am looking for stuff to borrow. Um, I wouldn't say too much of try to pattern myself after anybody. I just try to be myself. Um, but it, you know, obviously he's had a lot of success and there are some things that not only him, but some other really successful coaches, you know, more of just the standards, the standard, they don't really change who they are for who the person is. This is the way it's going to be. This is how I know how to be successful. You know, they, they just have the right way to do things. Were you bummed that Penn State – I mean, they Penn State's had their occasional run to maybe the Sweet right, 16. Right, they've right. had their occasional runs. I mean, were you, were you bummed that Penn State basketball wasn't better? Yeah. Um, you, uh, do you remember the name Pete Lasicki? Yeah, I do. No way. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, we're about the same age. Yeah, so, so. yeah like 94. Um, yeah, he, had, he was a big player for them. Hit a lot of threes. Wore my favorite number, 32. So – I really enjoyed him. Um, they had a couple years, 2001. I know they made a run Sweet 16, beat North Carolina. So, like you said, a few years here and there. This past year, they won the NIT, and then Tony Carr goes goes pro, which he shouldn't have done because he's overseas now. But you know, now they're struggling again this year. So, it's tough. You know, they call it a football school. So, but you can be successful with both because a lot of schools are. So, 
I don't know. They got to catch lightning in a bottle, and then they got to find the right guy to stay who's not going to leave. Right. Yeah. It, it's kind of tough. And the Big Ten's become a much better oh, conference yeah. uh, in, in, in recent years, too. Absolutely. So, so how, how did you end up at Oakdale High School? So, like I said, when I moved down to Maryland, I was with Coach Crevos at Urbana and enjoyed my time there. Terry Conley was there, then with the boys. You know, just I was like a sponge just learning from everybody there. Uh, Kevin Kendro, who's now the head of athletics, was the AD there. A lot of bright people there. Um, Coach, Coach Nichols with girls soccer. You know, there's just – you just pay attention to what's going on around you. There's a ton of people you could learn from. And then uh, he had a really good JV coach, Larry Goines, at, at Urbana with the girls there. And I was the ninth grade coach and I helped with the varsity. And Larry wasn't going anywhere as far as I knew. We were really, really successful. And I was like, man, I want to keep moving up the ladder. Well, Montgomery County, Wooten High School, their head coach, Maggie Dyer, had a JV opening. So I applied for that. She hired me for the JV coach for like 2008, 2009. And so I went down there for the two years, learned from her, some other coaches down there. And then when Coach Crevos got the athletic director job at Oakdale, I put in for the girls' job there to start the program. And so he hired me to do that. But you're not only co- – and this was your first head coaching job. First varsity head coaching job, so, correct. But, but it's not only that. You're starting a program from scratch. I mean, did, did it seem intimidating at, at, at the time? Yes, uh, yes, I was very fortunate to have Coach Crevos there. Coach Conley was there. Coach Conley started Urbana. You know, Coach Crevos, they started Urbana, so they could help me with all that. Brian Martin is a great friend of mine who's another great coach here in the county at St. John's, and I was so fortunate. He was step-in-step, hand-in-hand with me starting that program. You know, I had the title as the head coach, but he was as much as a head coach with me there. Um, so he really helped me out a lot there. And then we just had a lot of great coaches through the years that come through, and I'm always trying to learn. I'm finding out stuff this past week from people I'm trying to take stuff from. You know, I'm always trying to learn. What was the biggest challenge? I mean, what did you have to establish? I remember the schedule. I remember that when the school started, we got I got named as the head coach. We had just freshmen, sophomores. We had to, I don't know if the word's petition or asked or whatever, to play a varsity schedule with just freshmen, sophomores. We got approved. We We had no games. Now, most people have their schedule already set. So we're calling everybody. I remember being in the office in the summer. Will you, will you play us, right? Cold calling people. You know, will you play us, will you play us? And some teams would, like, break up a game and play us each, so they still had their game, but we gained two games. You know, some local teams helped us out and played us. So I remember that was a real challenge. Um, everything else just sort of fell into place. We had a great group of kids coming in. You know, uh, Coach Rubin did a great job. They won a girls' state soccer championship in their, their first, first year. year. Right. So that was a positive thing for the school, you know, because – some of those kids grew up thinking they were going to go to Ligonor or Urbana or TJ, one of these other schools, and then all of a sudden they get sent to Oakdale and maybe not sure if they really bought in, but being successful in the classroom and in athletics, you know, it certainly helped. So o- Oakdale has sort of bounced around classifications for, for some sports. I yeah. mean, football's been up and down, 3A. They're back right. to 2A. A girls' soccer, they won 1A when, when they won in 2010. Right. You guys have consistently been 2A though right well no so if one sport like football moves everybody moves oh okay yeah so we were 2A for a because few years because the girls soccer I think you stayed in 2 it, it's, it's weird I, I, I think it depends on how well I know how, like, how many how many schools play certain sports that yeah might, that like lacrosse enro- is one enrollment yeah so, so you guys might be a 2 I mean it's sort of weird how it shakes out but but you guys went up the 3A yeah football basketball I know those are all the same yeah. okay yeah, right so we were in 3A for two years and then we cycled back down to has 2A. it been difficult bouncing up and down like that because no. you you're in new regions you have the yeah a new you, group it, of it is what or, it is you yeah. still play all the local teams you know right um 
no, that it really has been an issue. Okay. And at Oakdale, too, I mean, the boys' program has been so strong. You guys have sort of, I mean, through no fault of your own, you, <laughs> right. you, you've been in the, the, the shadow of, of, of the boys' program and Correct. how great that Coach Connolly's been in all the trips to the state finals. Right. So has that been sort of hard to get your foot, footing, the, footing there? or You know, it raises the bar. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, it challenges you to – if, if you want that, you know, we just tell the girls, keep winning games. Keep winning games. People will pay attention. Keep winning games. People will pay attention. Um, no, absolutely, it's been a blessing to be around that, to see what it takes, uh, to be a part of it. You know, the one year, 2014-15, we both won the region. We both got to play a home game back-to-back. What a crowd. That was fantastic. We both went to the States, you know. That was fun to be a part of that, and I would love for the girls to be able to experience something like that again one day. Um but the, our, our community has been fantastic. You know, when, you, when you're at Oakdale, I feel like we're very lucky to have a great group of kids, great community support, parent support. The girls take care of the business in the classroom. Then they like to compete at then on the athletic fields, no matter the sport. I mean, you look at Oakdale across the board, we're pretty Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, I mean, the football team just won a state title. Right. You have a, a state titles in a bunch in track and field. Oh, uh, yeah. Girls soccer. Um, the lacrosse team has been been, yes. been, been been knocking on the door. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you feel like you have to pull your weight, don't you? I mean, you, you the, the, there's, there's pressure in that. Yeah, you do. You don't want to be the one that's not. So, absolutely. And – the coaches all support each other. You know, Coach Naval Lacrosse, you know, we got some players that play both sports, um, you know, the soccer as well. You know, we all support each other. We, you know, we all put a lot of time into this. Yeah, boys soccer too has been oh, absolutely successful with several state yeah, titles. Yeah, so, so. It, it's like, okay, hey, the girls are going to go put a work in in the off season. They're all going to go here and do that. There's four other programs maybe into school, lifting weights, doing workouts, you know, whatever it may be. There's always someone working hard on something in the offseason. Well, it's, it's hard work, but why has Oakdale been so fortunate in terms of just talent? Like the kids in the school, I mean, you have to you have to have talent to marry with the hard work to be successful. I right? mean, that some of that's just the boundaries of where you are, I guess, as far as the district. Right. Um, yep. Some of it, you know, you got to give Coach Crevo some credit for being the athletic director and overseeing everything and. You know, he tells you we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and, 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 and we're going to win. And if you look at the coaches across the board, you guys have. I too. mean, I yeah, mean, he's brought it, in the it, best it, of the it, best. It's, it's all top notch. Yeah, so. best of the best. Yep. Yeah. Well, what do you make of the girls' uh, basketball landscape in Frederick County in general? I mean, Frederick's been the been the standard bearer for for a few years now, uh, and I know you're looking forward to playing them um, on February 15th, I believe it is. Uh, right? How, how do you feel about that? Play, play, going into the playoffs with Frederick as your last. That's uh, all right. Game. I yeah. mean, the schedule is what it is, right? You right. Know, um, like Bill Belichick said, we'll be there. <laughs> right. We'll be there. <laughs> right. Uh, but 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 Frederick has won uh, two three A titles in a row now. Uh, you have teams like Middletown and Le- and, Le- and Ligonor pushed Frederick a little bit last year, mm-hmm. and then e- even teams in your region, the Middletowns and the Walkersvilles, there are no pushovers. No, so, so I, it seems like the tide is rising across the board for girls basketball in the county. I would agree with you know, uh, Coach Miskell's done a great job. TJ, you know, they, right? They're, they're back. They're, they're back. They're in the back. Picture, you right? know, yeah. and we still have to play them. I know. Um, I would say top to bottom, our county, I'll match up against anybody. I know there's other counties in the in the state that have good teams, but if you go top to bottom, I don't know how you can. If we had one of those like ACC Big Ten challenges with the county kind right. of thing, I think our county come out on top every time because, the, like you said, the depth of our county. You know, Tuscarora's that they're tough. You know, we had a really tough game at their place this year. Um, you know, we got Catoctin. I know is our next game so, but here on the schedule. We can, you know, I know it snowed out here tonight, but. You know, they're tough every time. Amy does a good job with those girls. 
you know, I, I like you said, the landscape is rising. I don't think I know some people were mentioning, oh, maybe it's dropping a little bit. I think it's rising across the board. Yeah. What What have you learned? What's the biggest thing you've learned over all these years you've been been doing this job? <laughs> you got to control what you can control. Um, you know, we we went to states in fourteen fifteen. We had a really good team coming back. Three minutes into the first game, Cameron Pitts tears their ACL. There's a thing I can do about that. And that was a huge blow. And then later near Emma Bowman hurts her shoulder. She's done for the year. Like those are the two returning, you know, leaders from that previous team. So can't control that, you know. Um, Brianna Walker leaves school. Well, yeah, you know, you can't control that. We had girls last year that got hurt that didn't get to play. Juliana Castro missed all last year with an ACL, didn't get to play. So you can't control that kind of stuff. Um, a snow, a snow game happens. You no, know, you, you can't. You can't even you practice. Can't, yeah, right. you can't practice. You can't control. You know, there's been playoffs where we, I remember we played a playoff game, had a snow day, had a playoff game. You know, you just, you, you can't get caught up in worrying about, oh, this or that. You know, same thing like with, with referees. You, you can't, they're not going to change their call. You ever see a ref change their call when you go and complain to them? They're not going to change their call. So uh, commissioners won't even step in like Goodell and change it, right? So they're not changing the call. It is what it is. You just got to worry about coaching your girls. Um, you don't you don't give refs a hard time. No, generally speaking. No. How many times have you been teed up? Zero. Z- no, you haven't gotten a tee at Oakdale. I swear, I've okay. got one. I right. got I got asked that question this morning by a buddy of mine. You, you did, yeah. right? Has that been a conscious effort not to get teed up? Or I mean, yes, I don't think it helps the team. Right. Um, there is a thing of you know you want to get your point across, but right. You know, hopefully, and, and especially as a younger coach, I was that was a conscious thing of I don't want to do that. You know, and it, I would hope now where. They know that we have a, a tough team that's going to come out and play hard that, you know, hey, I'm just trying to let you know what I see as well, you know. And, you know, you, you, I've learned from referees, you know, talk talk to referees. They'll talk to you, see them in the off season somewhere or at a camp or whatever it may be. You know, you talk to them and they'll tell you what they see and the appropriate way to say a question. Like, there's no foul in the book of over the back. But everybody always yells, oh, it's over the back, over the back. Well, the ref's never going to call a foul and say over the back. It's not in the rule book. It, now, push – yeah, they'll call a push. All right, so there's little things how to talk to. So, them. so we're in a game. A bad call happens, or a call you um, don't agree with happens. What is your? How do you handle that? What What, what is your general policy? How, help Help the coaches that have a tough time with a referee here, Rob. Yeah. Uh, what is the next play? What's your team doing the next play? So you just shake it off, or well, do, do, he, do, here's do, here's do what say, I'll follow up do, with. Do you say something, or um, if there's time? I've learned, and I this is again just reading from other people. This is anything I came up with? Let's say there's a bad call. I need to make sure that the girls on the floor understand what the next play is. Is it an inbounds play? Is it a defense? Is it a free throw? What's happening right now? Is there a sub that needs to come in the game for somebody? Take care of all that first, and then you can focus on whatever the call may be. Now, do emotions get in the way? It doesn't always happen perfect. I'm sure maybe I might give a reaction of some kind, but you need to worry about coaching your team because all those seconds you just spent coaching with the referee – it's time you didn't spend coaching with your girls. Do you feel you have to say something though, so you're not so the refs certain aren't, times, aren't, yes. aren't, aren't aren't walking all over you? Certain so. times, yes, yes, there are certain times. But again, knowing maybe what to say or how to approach it, um, you know, sometimes it could be as the action's going down one way, and then when they come back, let them know like, hey, we just want the same call down here. Right. It, it, you know, call that down there. It's fine. I agree because it's foul. Let's just get that same call down here. Right. You know. Do you have a do you have a big name mentor coach that you grew up watching? I mean, obviously you've been influenced by all, and and you can say great things about all the coaches you've worked with and just seen around here in Frederick County. But I mean, 
uh, I mean, is is there a name coach? A Rick Pitino, a John Calipari, a uh, a, a Pat Summit, a Gino Auriemma. Um, I mean, have you been? Did you grow up uh, admiring? I mean, of course you admire them, but yeah, they, yeah. So were they influences on you? Um, the more that you can, you know, technology nowadays, you, know, you can watch anything on YouTube. Gino's got a lot of good stuff that you can watch. Been to some coaching clinics and things. Listen to Calipari speak on some stuff. I don't remember if it was like Mike Bray or somebody was talking about just interacting with the officials and, and all that kind of stuff and how all that time you spent arguing with the referee is time that, you know, you weren't coaching your team. And the girls, you know, another thing is team sees you lose your coal. They think it's okay for them now to start yelling at the referees too. And I don't want ever, I don't want them ever talking to referees. Right. So, you know, you got to set the example like that. Um, just control what you can control. I mean, if it's, I think maybe there was one time where I thought it was like real bad. So we called a timeout. So then I could make sure that I had the referee's attention, you know, just to get my point across on something. But, you know, I remember telling the girls, you know, hey, let's make this so at the end of the game, if there's a close call on something and it doesn't go our way, it's not going to affect the score here. You know, let, let's it, this isn't a two, three-point game. Let's make it a 12-point game so one little call is not going to affect anything. Right. I mean, it's funny because you grew up working alongside Terry Connolly at, yeah. at Oakdale, and Terry's famous for working the refs. Yeah. So, did you ever pull Terry aside and say, "Hey, just chill out, ch- ch- chill out a little bit"? Or no, not one time. That's Dean Rose's job, right? Pulling him back, <laughs> right? Um, no, but you know, the, and, you, and Terry, watch... Terry wasn't getting teed up all, no, all the time. No. I mean, in fact, he he rarely did. But 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 he was famous for for working the refs. Right, right. Um, and, and again, I think just everybody has the way they're doing it. Um, you know, and it's fine. You know, there's more than one way that you can do it. Sometimes when you watch people and, you know, you say, okay, that works for them, but I know that that's not going to work for me. And so you just learn maybe that's not what you want to do. So Right. While we're on the subject of refereeing, Rob, I know, yeah. you're, I know you're a big football fan. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're a Steelers fan because you Correct. grew up in, uh, in West Central um, Pennsylvania. So, so what would you tell? There's a lawsuit about this now. Yeah, I know. What would you tell the New Orleans Saints fans? Or if you were, if you were Sean Payton, how would you have handled what happened in the NFC Championship game with the horrible non-call and the pass interference that affected the game because the Saints could have run the time down? How would you have handled that? I mean, obviously it didn't go their way, but they can't control that. They're not going to change the call. They're not going to back play the game over. Right. It is, uh, it'll go down in history as one of those calls that will be talked about. They'll probably put some kind of rule in because of it. But Could you have kept your cool in that situation as a coach if, if that happened to your team? I mean, what are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do? You go out there and, and make a fool of yourself. They're going to throw a flag on you, too. It's going to back you up even more. Right. It's not going to help you. Right. So and the ref said, I, I guess I read somewhere, the ref said that he thought the ball got tipped. And so did you did you see that? I, I did not see that. I, no. I, I read somewhere, I guess, that he made a comment during the game while it was still going on that he thought the ball was tipped, so he didn't throw the flag because I guess when the ball is tipped, right, you're allowed to right. interfere you, or right. block yeah. with those guys. Right. So yeah. mm-hmm. that was the whole reason why he didn't throw the flag. Well, that's what he thought he saw. You know, there's calls that happen. So help, so help Saints fans here. How 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 should they uh, react uh, to, uh, to this call, or what, what what advice would you give them? Uh, step off the ledge. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. You still got Drew Brees. Right. Um, it, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You know, th- but there's been a lot of bad calls. You know, Steelers last year with Jesse James. With the, that, the Patriots. With, with game, that right? yeah, that would have changed. The Steelers have been the one seed in the playoffs. You know, and would could change things, but. I haven't forgotten about it, but 
I'm still living my life. It's okay. Oh, the NFL apologized to the Saints. I think before Sean Payton even got to his post-game <laughs> right. press conference, the NFL apologized, right. saying saying we screwed up the call. It could have been like five different things. Right? Doesn't the apology almost like make it? Wouldn't you rather they didn't apologize? The apology kind of makes it worse, doesn't it? Personally, myself, I would I would appreciate the fact that at least they would say, "Hey, we got that one wrong." Just okay. same thing. Just same thing when I'm. When I'm coaching, it, it, I give refs credit, and it's happened. They'll come by and say, Coach, I, I blew that call. I appreciate that. I really respect that. Right. I, I look at that ref in a in a higher light because of that because, hey, just come by and tell me you missed it. That's okay. You make the wrong call. Just tell me you missed it. At least I understand that you know you missed it. If you make a bad call and you actually think it was the right call, I think that's worse. If you make the call, it's over with, but you know, okay, that might have been the wrong call. You tell me that, I respect that. You're a better man than me. The, the, the apology <laughs> would drive me nuts. It's like, get the get the call. Don't apologize to me. Get it right the first time. Just get it right the first time. That's why they so. probably put a rule in for right. replay or something. So, and, and and what is going on with your uh, Steelers, uh, by by the way? I'm like, like, <sighs> well, like, what's going to happen here with uh, with Antonio Brown? and uh, He can go. Yeah, really. He he, he crossed the line uh, with, with. I with mean, you. yeah. If it was me, he's done. Yeah. It's. C- yeah. Can you bring him back onto the team as a, as a coach? Can you bring a guy like that who basically quit on the team? Can you bring that you, person you back can. and say, "Hey, I mean, he's so talented. Obviously, he's probably the best receiver in football." But. You can. There'd have to be a reconcile that would happen. Um, you know, but I, I'm looking at the bigger picture. When they lost their offensive line coach, Mike Munchak. Yeah. He just went to Denver for a lateral move. Right. That's not so good. He's like, get me off this Yeah, that's train. not that's not good. Right. Now, I know someone's trying to say his family or something's out that way, whatever, but that's still not good. You know, you want them to leave for a higher job. So I'm a little bit worried when I see that kind of stuff happen. Um, look, they've got the talent. Get Le'Veon out. Antonio, you know, he's under contract. He's a great player. If they can reconcile, they can reconcile. Well, would, would, you be mad, would you be mad if he was back on the team? This, I, is, this is a guy that quit. B- I would b- not be b- mad. B- no, b- I wouldn't be mad on that. I would need to see how he responds. Okay. You know, give people a second chance, you know, see how he responds. If he does all the right things, you know, and, and it's pro sports, man. The name of the game is to win the game. You know, sometimes it doesn't really matter. Um, all, all the other stuff, if the, if you win the game, it makes it worth it kind of thing. Right. But, but now Ben's getting older yep. and, and everything. So is, is the window closing on you, on your, on your Steelers here? Well, <laughs> I I don't think so. I think Ben's fine. I think uh, losing Shazier was tough. Yeah, that was a tough loss for right. him. They're, you don't replace that. So if they can get their defense figured out, just like you know with our girls team, you know, you hold a team under forty points, you win the game. In football, you hold them to twenty or less, you win the game. Right. You yeah. know, it makes it easier. So if they get their defense figured out. Um, ben, you know, he led the league in yards and touchdowns this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's still playing at a really high yeah, level. Yeah. I mean, I so. got confidence in them. You know, he says he's staying as long as that line's put together and they're still there. So they still do their thing. They've got the pieces. Um, you know, they were half a game out this year from getting the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure you would agree that if they were in the playoffs, it's not a team you'd want to play. No, I mean the Patriots are the only team that seem to really have their have their number. <laughs> right. So, and right. then they usually have the number of, of most of, of the everybody. other teams. Right? Yeah. So, hey, how cool is it to see a Frederick County kid, Rob uh, Haven, oh, that's in, awesome. in, in, in the Super Bowl? That's so. awesome. I'm sure Rick Connor's thrilled about that. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be rooting for the Rams. Who, who do you ha- you'll be rooting for the Rams. I'll be rooting for the Rams because I don't want well a couple reasons. One, because you know Havenstein on team, local guy. That's yeah. awesome. Um, see somebody new win it. You know, tired of the Patriots. But then if the Patriots win, that's six for them. They tie the Steelers. That's true. Yeah, that's six for Tom Brady and alone. Belichick alone. I right? know. I know. He so is. the one for the thumb uh, is not just the Steel- <laughs> a, a, a Steelers saying so. Yeah. 
So um, you now you'll be rooting for the Rams. Do you think they'll actually win the game? Like if you had to bet, yeah. If you had to bet money on it, yeah. Who, who would you put your money on? Oh man, it, it's close. What I mean, it spreads like what one and a half or something. Yeah, I right. Know. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Can you bet know. against Tom Brady and the Patriots? I know, right? Can you? Right. I think I would because that's what I'd be rooting for. Okay. I think I would. All right. So taking taking the Rams. Taking the Rams. All right. And uh, what 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 can we expect from your team uh, d- uh, down the stretch here, uh, heading into the playoffs? Do you guys talk about expectations? Have you have you have you laid any out? Or uh, I mean, is that something you don't? Um, our seniors have been really good about girls. We just got to go one day at a time. You know, I remember there was a film session earlier this year. Easier where, said than done, though. Yeah, they but. You know, I, I don't. They they bring it up on their own. There's a film session. We, we're pretty much done, and the girls go around saying a few things, and they say, "Listen, we can't win the region today. We can't win states today. Let's just try to win the game tomorrow." You know, and so we've really, you know, we keep saying, and like you say, it's easier to say it than do it. But we keep saying, "Let's just go one and zero. Let's just let's go one and zero. This is the most important game. It's the next game on the schedule." It's the most important game of the year. Straight out of the Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, like uh, I said, I steal play, stuff from everybody, uh, man. Playbook there. Yep, steal so, stuff from everybody. Go one and zero every week. That's right? what we're trying to do. Right, right. So, so you guys don't talk a lot about expectations or getting to states or winning regions or mm. anything like that. No, I mean we've talked about the path. I think it was important that they knew the path that was laid in front of them. This is what it is. This is not going to change. Right. Whether I tell you or not, you could look this up on your own. This is what it says. So I did show them that way back in the beginning. Um, this is what the path is. Let's just go play and see what happens, you know. And so they've been doing a great job. I'm really proud of them. And that whole defense wins championship thing. So you guys were resting your hat on that. A little, yeah, or, or, yeah. Or, I'm a, or hanging your hat on that a little bit. Yeah, I'm a big quote guy. Uh, we've got the Red Auerbach quote in our team room. It says, "There's going to be nights where shots won't fall, but you play great defense every night." And so we really believe that, and it's happened to us a few nights where we haven't shot very well, but we found a way to win the game. And we have in our team room, we've got a board where anybody that we hold under 40 points, we put them up on the board. That's like our defensive goals. Every game is 40 points or less. And there's been, you know, games this year where you look at the clock, there's two minutes left. We might be up 20, but the other team's got 33 or 35 and the, right. the bench is into it. Like, you know, don't let them score again. You know, right. You know, we just, we've been doing that for a few years now. So they've sort of bought into that. Well, Hey, it's been fun. And, uh, it's a competitive region. Oh uh, yeah. You know, you're gonna have to go through Walkersville and Middletown in the playoffs. So we, we, uh, look forward to seeing how it all uh, shakes out. So, uh, thanks so much for coming in yeah, Rob, thank you, here on, 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 on the snowy night. And, uh, and, uh, look, look forward uh, to seeing you guys sometime soon. So all right, thank you. All right, my thanks to, to Graham uh, f- uh, for producing, to Colin uh, McGuire uh, for the music. I'm Greg Swatek, and we will see you next week here on the Final Score Podcast, brought to you by PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance.